one time I signed up for this musical theater thing and uh, I was in high school and I went out to sing the song halfway through realized this like it wasn't for me and I just got up and it was a solo I just got up and walked off the stage <laughs> I was like I'm done here and I just left so like it wasn't about being like outgoing it was more about being really in tune with the fact that like yeah, this isn't for me I'm done here now you know Welcome to the Mind for Life podcast. The Mind for Life podcast. Where your thinking can change your life. And now, here's your host, Jeff Bogazic. All right, welcome back to the Mind for Life podcast. My name is Jeff Bogazic, and I am your host here for the next 30 or 40 minutes, where we help you to learn, think, and live a little bit better. Thanks so much for joining us today. We have a very, very special episode today. I'm so thrilled to have a very special guest. Her name is Cynthia Johnson. Cynthia is a keynote business advisor, marketing professional, and author. She's also the co-founder and CEO of Bell & Ivy, which is a personal branding and digital marketing agency located in beautiful Santa Monica, California. Cynthia is on the Forbes Agency Council, a member of the Young Entrepreneurs Council, and listed as one of the top 20 digital marketing people to follow by Inc. Magazine, one of the top 50 marketers on Snapchat by Mashable, one of the top 12 female entrepreneurs that inspire by Darling Magazine, and one of the top 20 people in SEO by Guardian. She's been interviewed in major publications such as Forbes, Huffington Post, and Chicago Planner Magazine. Add to that, the Mind for Life podcast. She is also a social media influencer on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, LinkedIn, and Pinterest with over 1.6 million followers on Twitter. You can connect with her online. Her handle is at Cynthia Live, or you can visit her on her website, which is www.cynthialive.com. And on this episode, Cynthia talks to us about the quality of assertiveness. For those of you that have been with us for the past several weeks, we are going through a personal development journey and dealing with the 52 essential skills you need for success in life and business. And this week we have been talking about assertiveness. And so it is so, so wonderful to have Cynthia join us and talk about her entrepreneur journey and how assertiveness has helped her along the way. So you're going to hear some wonderful things from her about what it was like for her growing up and how assertiveness has helped her in her entrepreneurial life. But before we get into it, let me mention a couple of things. First of all, if you'd like to join us on the Essential Skills Journey, you can find all of the information for that, along with the notes from this podcast at mindforlife.org slash 053. So you can join us on the Essential Skills course. There is a free Essential Skills checklist that you can download and 
walk through on your own to assess yourself on each one of these 52 essential skills. You can also copy that off and I would suggest give that to somebody close to you who knows you well and allow them to assess you on it as well. You can also join the Facebook community and participate with us as we walk through this on a daily basis. So all of that information, how to connect with us uh, through that is available at mindforlife.org slash zero five three. All right, let's get right into the interview. And I want to encourage you to stick around for the end where I give my top takeaways from talking with Cynthia today. So I hope you enjoy the interview with Cynthia Johnson. All right, well, let's get started. Thanks for being here. And Cynthia, just if you would, for our audience, kind of uh, walk us through maybe the basics of your story. Um, You've got over, what, a million and a half or two million Twitter followers and 60,000 on Instagram, and you're the CEO of this huge company. So just kind of tell our listeners how kind how you you have come to this place what what took place in your life that got you to where you are right now i think the biggest thing uh for me was i was um traveling uh, i think that's probably the biggest the biggest impact uh moment so uh i went i went traveling uh but had this like quarter life crisis and sold everything and left and um when i came back i i had realized that this thing, just digital marketing thing I could do anywhere. Um, and it was so exciting to me because that's really all I wanted was the flexibility to do, uh, to do, have to be able to have a job that I enjoyed that I could really, you know, be anywhere in the world. And so, mm-hmm. uh, I came back and, uh, I was working for this live stream company and they, and I knew that they were going to cl- close the doors, uh, because, it was right at the time MySpace had been sold, and the owner of the company really wanted to sell uh, to a celebrity. And it's as ridiculous as that sounds. <laughs> and so, when we all knew that wasn't going to happen, um, I started building on, you know, my own my own brand a little bit, and, and sort of got into uh, building out my own agency. I was like, maybe I'll never work for someone again. Um, but then. The they laid everyone off, and so I posted. Um, you know, this is a little bit sooner than expected. So I posted onto my social media. I said, "Hey, I'm looking for this job, and you know, this is what I do." And this guy that I went to high school with, um, you know, years earlier in a different state, even was like, "I live in Santa Monica now, and we're hiring for this exact position." I was like, "Oh, okay." So I went in and I was the fifth employee hired at um, this agency, uh, which uh, I became or I became partner and we were able to grow the agency into a full service. It was a SEO agency into mm-hmm. a full service digital marketing company. And I was there till it was acqu- acquired. Uh, and then when we got were acquired, I worked um, in-house under a contract with uh, a public health care company and it reminded me of why I did not want to. <laughs> <work here. laughs> right. No doubt. Not that it was a terrible company. It's just, it's not for me. Yeah. Um, so we, we started building, you know, the, the idea of this new agency and what we're going to do. And basically the moment I could, I quit <laughs> and, and went straight into, into the agency and the social media following 
you know, really came out of one being nice, um, to, to people (laughs) because I had this friend who, uh, you know, he kind of showed up my door one day and he's like, you know, I I figured out these algorithms and, um, you know, I can help people become (laughs) basically internet famous. And I was like, He's like, no one believes me. And I was like, I believe you. Yeah. So we worked together to figure out, you know, all right, what are, what's the formula? What are people really looking for? The content, the strategy around um, building an audience, but not just an audience, but an engaged audience right. in a focused space. And so we did that. And, uh, you know, instead of using it as this sort of influencer thing, because, you know, that's, uh, that's, you can dilute your audience fairly quickly right. and not that it's a bad thing, right. um, but I'm not, I'm not a reality television person, you know? Right. Um, and so, yeah, I, uh, I just focused on, um, being really, uh, helpful and putting out useful content, uh, that I felt people in my industry or in my shoes would want to hear. So as I figured things out, I would just share it. Uh, and created a space where people could talk about, um, you know, the work, uh, and it, it just kind of grew from there. Okay, so let me ask you now. It's interesting to me because it seems as though the int- and and I've done some study on digital marketing, and I'm into the into the space. I guess probably not as as deep as you are, but over the past six months or something, I I've been researching it. But it seems as though. Everybody is trying to get an audience in order to, quote unquote, be an influencer Mm -hmm. and then leverage that for money. Now, that doesn't seem to me what you're talking about. You're talking about providing uh, good resources for the people that follow you rather than using that audience in order to make cash. Is that, that, am I getting that right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and and again, not that you it's a it's a bad thing i don't have anything against you right. know people doing that but for me um i there are other ways to uh to leverage an audience one and two i i think of it as like you know um inviting y- your friends over to like a party um and you know selling them something it's like almost like a like a mary Kay right <laughs> right and i i don't do well in those situations yeah. i'm not great as you know, as I said, I'm not a great employee, mostly because I'm not great at you know sponsoring a company that I don't know the ins and outs of, right? Or business that I don't know the ins and outs of, and so you know, even with our clients, we work really closely with them to get an understanding of what they're doing and who they are, and um, and so for me, it just yeah, it's about adding value, right? Um, and also never underestimating the value that the people that you're communicating with can add to you, mm-hmm. whether it's now or later. Uh, it, that doesn't really, really matter, but, um, you know, avoid this idea that you're the most important person in the conversation because you have more followers. That's absolutely not true. Right. Everybody has a certain amount of influence. And, um, you know, if I, if the most important thing to me is to influence a woman named Mary and it happens to be your mom, you just became the most influential person in my life. Right. So, so yeah. So don't underestimate or, you know, sort of inflate your own ego too, because, um, I, like I said, I worked for a social media site that had, it was live stream, 10 million, you know, registered users, big brand deals, uh, which back then was actually a lot. Um, and it went under, my space went under these things change day to day. And tomorrow 
you know, I might not have a, these followers. It might, I might get blocked. Like, who knows? Right. Yeah. I appreciate the, you know, just the sense of the individual connection. You know, it seems to me as though that you have got a very, you know, a very mature perspective on what it means to really connect with someone on a personal or interpersonal level. And, and I appreciate that. So I, I want to say thank you for that. Thanks. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about assertiveness. We're in this uh, 52 essential skills course. And tell me if you would a little bit about what has it meant to you? Now you are of course a woman and have been incredibly successful. Um, so what's it like? Uh, what's it like? How has it been for you? And how, if maybe I should say, has assertiveness been a key skill for you to get to where you've gotten or to advance your career or to benefit you, not just in, maybe not just in your business life, but also in your personal life. I don't know. Talk a little bit about that if you would. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, assertiveness is, is a really important. Um, it's just, it's a really, it is really important. I think a lot of times, and it's not all the time, but a lot of times, you know, we feel, um, people, we have tends to feel overlooked or we tend to bottle things up. Uh, and what happens is, you uh, in our minds, we create difficulties or we create situations that may not actually be um, what we think they are. And it's usually because we're not communicating right. and we're not, we're not saying, Hey, uh, did you mean to, did you mean it this way? Uh, and that simple question would, could save or, you know, end whatever months of quiet, like, you know, right. everybody hates me, you know? Um, and the other thing too, is that people, especially in teams, like, you know, not, there will be more situations where people want you, if you have the answer to step forward and deliver the answer and deliver value, why else would you be on the team? Right. Um, more than they want you to sit back and, you know, stay quiet so that you're not the center of attention or whatever, which is not how teams work anyway. Right. Um, the other thing is it's accepting that sometimes you're going to be wrong and um, being wrong out loud is the best lesson in the world <laughs> um, <laughs> because you build confidence in being incorrect, but to sit back and think you're correct and never actually say it because you're not learning anything. Um, and you will, you know, there's always going to be times where, you know, it's important to read a room and understand when maybe being assertive won't make a difference that, you know, I suggest never going back to that room, but, um, you know, it is, it is true. Yeah. And the other thing, uh, being assertive for someone else, um, there's nothing wrong with, you know, interrupting someone and saying, Hey, I think that this person was speaking yeah. and giving them the floor as right. well. So, um, it's, there's definitely a power dynamics that will always come and go in life. And, um, and it's not about being the most powerful person in the room, but it is about opening the door for people who maybe aren't as assertive. Um, and for yourself, uh, for your own health, I think it's important to speak up. Now you seem like you are a pretty outgoing person now because I'm, and the only reason I'm saying that is because you said I'm selling everything and I'm traveling the world, right? <laughs> 
Now, were you yeah. that way growing up? Or are you, were you an outgoing no. kid? Were you an outgoing person? Were you, you know, intro, are you an extrovert or an introvert? And how, how did you learn these things? If, if that's the case, you know, uh, I was not, I was very, uh, quiet kid. I would do things like, um, sit on a swing and not let you push me or sit at the top of a slide and not go down or get stuck on a diving board. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was not that person, um, at all. And, and actually I, I was, you know, I was fairly shy. Um, but then I, I did, I don't know how to explain it. Let me give you an example of one of the most embarrassing things I ever did. Um, I was, never really afraid to quit things. Right. <laughs> you would stand um, on the diving board and, and not, and, 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 and not, I, not go back. Right. Yeah. So I would stand there and, and my fear was always more important than what anyone else thought about me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, I always said one time I, I signed up for this musical theater thing and, uh, I was in high school and I went out to sing the song uh -huh. halfway through realized this like it wasn't for me and i just got up and it was a solo i just got up and walked off the stage <laughs> halfway through the song yeah i oh was my. like i'm done here and i just <laughs> left <laughs> and, and, you know nice. i was not so like it wasn't about being like outgoing it was more about being really in tune with the fact that like nah, this isn't for me yeah. i'm done here now you know yeah um almost to fault actually. But, uh, so I think it's, it's really more, um, you know, extroversion, introversion. I think that there's a, those vary from person to person. There's a lot of introverted people that, you know, conceal it with extroversion, <laughs> extroversion, right. if that makes sense and vice versa. Right. Uh, so, um, I think it, it's situational, uh, and, I definitely have an extreme personality. You know, I wasn't just going to travel. I right. had to like, I had to like make it really hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but you, what I learned, I think, is that no matter if it's walking off stage in the middle of a song or selling everything you own, um, you, there's never, it's not, it's like at the end of anything. Like there's always, you can always rebuild, uh, and put things back together. And, um, you know, unless you did something terrible, you know, you should always keep other people in, in mind, obviously. But, um, it, the things that we think are the end of the world or the big deal, uh, it, they're really, you know, just a roadblock. They're just this hurdle, this thing we have to get through in life. And, you know, you, we all have to rebuild at some point, whether it's, you know, a house, a family, a life, a job, whatever. Um, and just being aware and understanding, uh, what you, what you are okay with and what you're not okay with right. and your own threshold and not putting yourself through something that you don't want to be doing over and over and over again is really important. Yeah. Um, that's the difference between happiness and whatever the other thing is. 
that I won't go to. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stay away from that. Um, yeah. <laughs> now it's a very wise perspective on obstacles and having to overcome those. You know, we we fear those things, and and I think you make a good point. And I want to just maybe explore it a little bit more with you when you talk about it not being necessarily about being an introvert or being an extrovert, but it seems as though, and maybe you could talk about yourself. Did you? I would say that people who are maybe non-assertive have a tendency to not necessarily, I don't want to say be afraid of other people's thoughts of them, but maybe have a concern about what other people think of them. And by virtue of the fact of you just saying, I'm walking off the stage, this isn't right for me in the middle of a song, <laughs> I'm selling everything and I'm going away and I'm, you know, I don't care what anybody thinks. Did you always have like, there, there seems to me a sense of security or self-assurance that you weren't going to be dictated by what other people thought. Is that the case? And it, was that always the case with you? Yeah. I, yeah. That, I think that part was definitely, um, well, I, and you know, there's also something is with this being assertive. Uh, it's, it depends on how you, a lot of times, you know, you, how you grew up or, your friends or whatever. It's like the perspective on what it means to be assertive. Right. Sometimes it's a negative thing and sometimes it's a positive thing. Right. Uh, and I was raised by my very Italian grandfather, uh -huh. not raised by, but I was with him a lot while I was growing up. Yeah. Um, and my mom is the same way, you know, she was raised by him. And so the, it, he, was you know I think I learned a little bit from him too uh, because he was he was a mayor of he ran away and got married to an Irish girl he was mayor for Lauderdale he quit being mayor because he didn't like you know the politics right <laughs> <laughs> then he then became like head chef of the first like seven Super Bowls in the Marriott and then oh he didn't gosh. like that so he you know opened his own store and then he wrote a book and then he became a painter so oh, wow. like <laughs> you know yeah. he was always doing what and being assertive and um it's kind of a, a family a family thing and and what you learn from when you watch someone like that that you love and respect who's just like just changing it up when it feels like it yeah you realize that people come out of the woodwork because there's a there's a part of other people that you know, and there will be other people that want to be doing what you're doing and you give them a little bit of confidence, which then increases your confidence because right. you realize that we all have these, these dreams as we call them, um, that could be reality if we just had a little bit of, of a push. And that's why I think it's important to be assertive for yourself, but also assertive for other people so that, you know, when you see someone and assertive people always tend to see people it's a personality thing um who are struggling with it like bring it out ask them questions really really listen right. and not listen for your turn to talk like actually listen to them yeah. um so so yeah i think for me uh it was it was just a combination of being around those types of people uh and then and then growing up and realizing i was like yeah it's, i think that's what i want to do too <laughs> Yeah, it's it it rubbed off on you like the courage seeing the courage of your grandfather and him, you know, kind of throwing everything to the wind and following his dreams and desires. You you learn from that. Yeah. And there yeah. there's a there's a you have to 
I think you have to take, you have to be a courageous person to be assertive because every time you're in that position and you you have to have a, you have to make a courageous decision. So take, take us back to that standing on the stage, right? You're halfway <laughs> through the song. What happened? Yeah. What did you think? What did you think? How did you, how did, I mean, who's going to step out of it at that time? You know what I mean? How did you do I that? Uh, yeah, well, it was, uh, it was a song from uh, Chicago. I remember, and I really loved the song, uh-huh. which is why I picked the song. And then, you know, I'd rehearse the song and then I like, I was up there and like, I was looking at everybody and, I, and it was like my entire family, like my uncle was there, which my <laughs> uncle never shows up to anything. I'm like, well, of course right. he showed up to this thing. Yeah. He never showed up to anything ever again, obviously. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, and I mean, halfway through, I just started daydreaming and then I was like, oh man, I don't even the next part of the song because if you know anything about chicago there's like long like musical you know and periods where i'm you're just kind of thinking yeah and uh the moment i started daydreaming daydreaming i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna save myself and everyone else from this horrific experience and i'm just gonna go <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I just i just got up and walked off the stage um but the best part is that people um, just thought that was kind of the way it was supposed I mean, I mean, there were half the people over yeah. like, is she okay? <laughs> the yeah. other half of the people were like, Oh, you know, and then, um, an example, I was a swimmer in high school for our, you know, three years yeah. and, um, what did you uh, swim? I can't dive. Uh, so I swam the 1600 and I swam the medley. So, so you didn't have long to dive, distance. right? The, you, those ones are the, the one you started, right. with, you start with a backstroke. Right. <laughs> Well, uh, no, you do. You have to dive, but you have so long to go. You can always catch up. You can always catch up. So I was known as the the girl that would belly flop. (laughs) And every time I would belly flop into the pool, it was terrible. I couldn't, to this day, I can't dive. Three years I swam. It was like almost like my brain just wouldn't, just couldn't get it. Just couldn't Um, get it right. But you just keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And eventually you just kind of become the funny, you know, um, so, so I think, I think it's important to just, you know, continuously, like I loved swimming. I hated diving in order to swim. I had to dive. I kept working on the dive. It never got better, but, mm-hmm. I just, but the swimming wasn't too bad. Hmm. Okay. So not everyone's like you, uh, for whatever reason, you know, maybe you want to talk about it being part of your genetic makeup, part of your conditioning, social conditioning, being around your grandfather, whatever, you have a courage, you have a self-assurance, you know what you want to do, you kind of pursue that. Now, what would you suggest to people who maybe have not had your experience and they have difficulty? Now, one of the things you did say was, you know, it's good for assertive people to be assertive because they do give other people the courage to do so. But what would you say to someone who struggles with being assertive, who maybe is not as self-assured and maybe has difficulties. Are, are there any tips or pieces of advice that you could give to them? Yeah, I think find something, uh, you know, because every situation is is different, um, too. When I first uh, was working at a company, I worked at the Japanese live stream company, and uh, I couldn't get anyone to listen to me. Mm-hmm. And so I wore like these giant glasses mm-hmm. <laughs> and, <laughs> and all of a sudden everything I said became sort of like 
less important to the fact that I was wearing giant glasses. Right. And, the, and the, the entire time they were thinking, is this real? So I found like a, not, a, I don't hate to say security blanket, but sometimes to there's periods of your life where you do need like something like, like clinging on to something, whether it's weird or something that you're really good at. Like, you know, um, have you ever noticed like the athlete, right? Yeah. It doesn't really matter if they're good at school because they're so good right. at sports right. or the, you know, the intellect it doesn't matter if they're good at sports because there's no one expects them to be good at these right. other things. So, you know, kind of balancing it is like, you know, everyone has a thing that they're really good at. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you use it as, as a little bit and, and not forever, but as a crutch, as, as you explore these things that you're really interested in that you might not be as good at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I think half the time it's just, making sure people know you're not a complete disaster. That's what people want. You know, um, it's okay to have one thing if you've got, you know, another. And so, um, find that thing that you're good at and, and, you know, use it as a, as a balancing act. Um, because, you know, asserting yourself in those situations will come naturally to you. Um, and then remember those moments when you want to insert, assert yourself into, the less comfortable situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you know, the, think of the most assertive, confident person that's usually in the room and the think of something that they did that was like kind of dumb <laughs> because <laughs> assertive people do dumb things all the time. You just don't notice it because they brush through it very quickly. Right. Um, comedians do the same thing. Uh, that's where those jokes come from or they're talking constantly like self-deprecating. It's because they're trying to just brush through the fact that they did something that wasn't, you know, great. Right. Um, and the more you kind of notice that assertive people or confident people, um, they do make mistakes and they're not always confident, but they do it so much that you actually don't see it anymore. It's like you only remember the, the good parts. Right. Um, and But that, again, comes back to listening. It's really listening and paying attention to the room and seeing how people uh, – how different people behave and, you know uh, – address the situation uh it's it's kind of like anything else just paying attention and practice just look at notice the things that the that assertive people do what are their hang-ups what are the things that they don't get hung up on and kind of try to emulate that yeah absolutely um and there i mean there are people that i've in my life that have um i like this boss old boss of mine friend he's I have, when I first was in a meeting with him, I'd never been so insecure in my life. Um, I, he shows up late. He's like, oh, I'm so glad I could make it guys. He like, he's the only one eating at a table. He'll be like, eating soup. And he'll also be the only one talking. Right. And you're like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. What is happening here? And you think it's going so terribly wrong. And he always gets what he wants from that meeting. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. How did he do you it? Know? Right. How did he do it? And then you just try. I mean, I, I don't go to his extremes, but I try being the only person eating and talking at the same time. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, this is kind of like a powerful move here. Yeah. <laughs> like, was it a power um, dynamic? Was it was it a power move? An unintentional one. I think it comes naturally to him. Yeah. But yeah, it absolutely is because you look so confident when you're eating soup and talking at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> 
you don't, it looks like you just don't care. And you just like drool on yourself. And you're like, oh, you know, you pick up a napkin, you just keep talking. It's almost like it didn't happen. Or some people would kind of like, you know, would right. rather crawl into a hole than ever dribble soup on themselves while talking in a meeting. Right. So you do that intentionally. Well, yeah, I like to try out things that other people I'm not gonna, have done hey, to see how it feels. I'm not going to tell anybody <laughs> at your company what you do, right? I'm not going to tell them your secret. Well, well, because, you know, when you see – that's the thing, though, is like when you see someone do something and you're, kind, and you're paying attention, you're like, how did that work? You won't know if it works for you until you try it. Right. It could be completely natural. For me, it, it's uh, like I couldn't – it's soup isn't my thing. Drooling on myself is my thing. But like I'll try doing the eating thing <laughs> because <laughs> – Cynthia, I'm going to ask you, Did do you intentionally drool? No. <laughs> no right? No. 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 But you no, eat. No, no, no. I never do that. Right. I don't think he, I don't think he does either because it's very natural. For him. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. If it's not natural, you just you have to scratch it. Huh. Drooling, not natural for me. Yeah. Um, so I have to eat things like, you know, uh, like uh, fruit. <laughs> right. You know, it's but, it, uh, what's an interesting thing there. So I've been studying like uh, I'm a, I'm a, commu- I'm, a, I'm a student of communication, I guess you could say body language. Right. I just wrote this article on body language and how, you know, I don't know if you've seen the Amy Cuddy uh, uh-huh. power posing type of a thing, right? So the dynamic of set of putting your body in a specific position or of doing these specific actions kind of like, you know, changes the biochemistry, changes the release of hormones in your body, changes your mood, gives you confidence, and everything like that. And what you're talking about here is doing something very particular with your body, uh, whether you're eating and talking at the same time or whatever it is, but it's, it is a move that Someone who does that is very, very, it has to be a person that's very confident in themselves with no concern for what other people might think of them. But in doing that move, mm-hmm. you notice that your, that your mindset changes. Do you notice that? Well, yeah. Well, yes. It's almost like the same thing with the glasses, right? It's that the comfort that came with the glasses was that I knew that the people talking to me were half listening and the other half thinking, are those real? And so well, they, they were fake. Weird, they were fake. I don't want have 20, 21 vision or something. Right. It's terrible. <laughs> it was that. You just and, put the um, glasses on and it was almost I like a power move. On. Yeah. Yeah. And the same thing with the food is like the whole time they're thinking like, you know, I'm hungry, but I'm not going to eat. I'm in a meeting. Well, maybe I should eat. I mean, she's eating. Yeah. I mean, I'm really hungry. That looks really good. Like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it becomes, it, it, it you're, you're kind of living or doing something that, because um, let's be real, how many meetings have we been in where we're so in love with the topic? Yeah. I mean, we just right. all just absorb every word. We're just hanging on every word with three hours or whatever long meeting you're in or whatever. No one does that. So right. sometimes, you know, being confident, you become the person that people want to be around. Right. Um, or being relaxed because now people feel comfortable in a meeting eating with you. Mm -hmm. and everybody wants to eat in a meeting do they bring their food now (laughs) yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) right your team everybody's bringing their uh kfc or panera or whatever (laughs) oh yeah my my team they're they're hysterical meetings um (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah and it's it's but at the same token i had a very young employee who was working at the social media company and you know, this guy, these people are talking and 
And I just said, okay, well, what do you think, Eden? She was an intern at the time. She works for me now. And uh, they start taking what she's saying very seriously because she was asked directly what she thought. That's helping other people be assertive. You asked her. That's helping. What she I thought. asked her what she thought about, you know, a subject within a meeting and she's at the time maybe 19 or 20. Right. And uh, now they're listening to her more so than they would have. They gave her the floor because she was invited and she does not look like someone who knows what they're talking about because she literally she, she looked like she's 14. Right. But she was 19. <laughs> and, um, and, but, you, you know, but that's being assertive for someone else is I know she knows what she's talking right. about. I know where her background is. Um, and so giving her the floor and the opportunity to speak is really important, um, as pe- especially when you're working with interns and younger people who may not have the experience or people who maybe, maybe have come from a situation where that, that wasn't a thing. You know, yeah. Maybe it's years of just been working for companies that didn't allow you to have the floor. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely important to, uh, to give people that space yeah. Well, it's very, I'm going to say very charitable of you, but also it really is, uh, it, it's a, it's an interesting perception on giving value to people because you know, I don't know if you've had situations in your life. I have situations in my life where one little thing like that, some that can change a person's life and their entire career trajectory, yeah. you know, by you giving someone or by anybody giving someone value and enabling them to step up and be assertive and be confident, it, it changes their perception of themselves and can change their entire life. So that that's huge, man. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It sounds like we're on the same age there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's important, you know, and I, I've been very blessed and like lucky to have some amazing, uh, employers you know yeah before i started my own company um so you know that really let me under like just not only find value in myself but just you know kind of invite you into situations and conversations and information that helped you make decisions Mm -hmm. uh, for yourself in the future like starting your own company did, did somebody do that to you? In other words, do you remember an instance where someone did that to you and that kind of changed, that kind of made it, made it, made up? I don't know if you want to say like, I really remember that. Oh yeah. The moment I realized I was, that I was like, uh, I think a very specific moment. Um, when I first started working for the agency, I was working late on this campaign audit. Uh, and I was at the office, it was like seven o'clock. And this guy emailed me and CC'd the CEO of my boss and was like, you know, basically this horrendous email um, saying, you know, why is this late? Da, da, da. And it wasn't late. We said we'd get it in that day. So I was finishing yeah. it, right? Um, and going on and on and on. And I was like so nervous. I was like, oh my gosh. Because the boss was CC'd in on it, right? Right. Yeah. So then, but then the boss replied and said, instead of, uh, instead of harass her, I forget exactly the words. It was like, you know, basically instead of yelling at her and harassing her, why don't you start thanking her for the amazing job she's doing for you right now? Because she's at the office as we speak, completing this. And he was like, yeah. and he was like, you know, and you are, he's like, you're lucky to even have someone disqualified yeah. looking at your garbage of a company basically. <laughs> and then he emailed me separately and said, what's going on? Please tell me everything's okay. <laughs> And I was just like, he 
before contacting me, you know, trusted me and said, you know, hey, like, you need to back off. Like, he had my back first. Right. Um, and it changed the way I saw the world. Yeah. It changed the way I saw business. Yeah. Yeah, it probably so. also affects how, you know, when you learn a lesson like that, it affects how you then how you then treat your employees, how you treat other people and your perspective on others. So that, that's a, that's a big moment. Yeah. And also I remember how I felt yeah. about the company and, uh, that person after. And so I know, uh, for me that those moments, even if that client went away for, you know, whatever reason, those moments will build companies that have a really strong unit of, you know, of people who have each other's back. Um, and that's important. It's really important. (laughs) Yeah. I think when you talk about building a team, you know, it's easier to be assertive when there's an environment of trust among the people that, that, that you're working with, you know, you're able to say things that when, when everybody trusts one another, when, when like, for example, you're the boss, you're the CEO, when your employees or when your team knows that you have their back, that you're supporting them, it's easy for it's easier for you. Maybe I'm wrong. Is that is that the case? It's easier for you to say something, and maybe even easier for people that are on your team to be assertive to you, knowing that you know you're a person yeah. that will listen to them. Well, I always tell people, I'm like, if I knew everything, I wouldn't have to hire you. Right. <laughs> but I don't know everything, and and we work in an industry that changes so quickly. I'm like. I don't have the answers. I hired you because you, I expect you to have the answers. Right. And if you don't have the answers, I expect you to figure it out and tell me what to do. Right. And if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong because I'd much rather hear it from you than the client. Right. First, you know, and I will always, always challenge my employees to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it does take a minute for people to catch on that that's what's happening. Um, but they do. Mm-hmm. They absolutely do. Uh, you know, I had uh, so funny. I never once, this is, this is all you need to know about people is this, is that I, I know I'm not a morning. I'm not, I'm not someone who's like in the office 10 a.m. Like I need my time to like do the thing. I've never asked anybody what time they get in. I've never asked why they were late. If they were late, I don't even notice. Never. Yeah. But yet I will get a call at 9 a.m. If someone's running late and they'll say, I'm so sorry, I'm running late. And I'll be like, well, what time do you normally get in? (laughs) 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 I actually have no idea. (laughs) Right. But they're so concerned. And I'm like, it's just amazing. That's what people, people will will hold themselves to higher standards than anyone will ever hold them to. Yeah. I mean, 90% of people (laughs) will do that. And so it's, so I always find that to be really, really interesting. Um, Cause I'm like, you know, you just threw yourself under the bus kind yeah, of, except yeah. for I didn't know. I you like, didn't know one way or the other that. and they're calling you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. Nice. And I'm like, I'm so proud of you for being in at 9am most days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stop and get a coffee and relax. Yeah. Take a break. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. No doubt. It's been really, really great talking to you. Uh, I appreciate all of your insight and everything that you've shared with us. There's some huge, I mean, some really big points and some big principles in there. And so I hope it will be a benefit. I know it'll be a benefit. It's been beneficial to me 
And I know it will be a benefit to our audience. And uh, I want to just thank you so much for coming on. I'm sure you are a wonderful person to work for and everybody loves you out there. And uh, we just want to wish you the best success and that you have a great trip to Dubai. And uh, Oh, thanks. Yeah, best <laughs> you, to you too. Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much for listening to that interview. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Cynthia. One of the things uh, I want to share as far as my top takeaways from the interview is the fact that it's important to be assertive, right? And if you listen to Cynthia's story about growing up and some of the things she learned from her grandfather, right? Her grandfather was this just an eclectic individual who did so many things. And to be able to see that and grow up in that environment was a huge influence on Cynthia and kind of like helped her to learn what to do in her own life and how to grow. And so uh, I want to encourage you to look around you for examples of other people, uh, to maybe even read stories. I think one of the reasons why reading biographies is important is because it inspires you. It, it literally, if I can say it this way, puts you into another environment, another culture, if you will, that can then influence you in a positive direction. And the second thing I think that... I saw from Cynthia's life that I think was very inspirational is the courage that she showed. You know, many times when we have to be assertive in our life, um, and I wrote an article on this, and you can find that at mindforlife.org, um, and I'll even put the link at the show notes page. But one of the things, in order to be assertive, I think there's a couple of things that you need to be able to do. First of all, is you have to have self-confidence. And if you look at some of Cynthia's story, you know, when when she walked off the stage, uh, when she was trying out for that musical, you know, not necessarily being concerned with what other people thought about her, but wanting to do what she wanted to do, knowing what was right for her and what was wrong for her and willing to be able to do that. So you have to have self-confidence and then you have to be able to have the courage to be able to take that step. That's not always easy. So when you have to be assertive, you have to know who you are, you have to know what's right for you, and then you have to have the courage to stand up and take that step. And so if you're struggling right now with being assertive in your life, if you're if you're having difficulty maybe saying the things that you know you have to say to the people around you or doing the things that you know you have to do, you have to have courage. C.S. Lewis said this, courage is the virtue at the testing point of every other virtue. And so whenever you are facing a virtuous decision, whether it's to be honest, whether it's to not cheat, whatever it is, whenever it's a character issue, whenever it's an integrity issue, you have to have courage. And it's the same thing with assertiveness. You know what you have to say. Have the courage to say it. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this time together today. I've appreciated again so much the opportunity to talk with Cynthia. And I encourage you to kind of follow her online. Take a look at her Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever. All of that is at Cynthia Live. And don't forget to check out mindforlife.org slash 053 for the show notes and all of the links for this program. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Mm